Some say that alongside this see-it-to-believe-it world is the shadowy realm of the supernatural. Sometimes the residents of that dimension touch us, and in one moment, our lives are changed forever. America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, Mary Ann Pohl, is your real ghost chatter host. On this podcast, you'll hear stories by real people who have seen real ghosts. Once in a while, Mary Ann will podcast a tale taken from the genre she loves best, the supernatural. Welcome to today's Real Ghost Chatter episode. I'm Marianne Paul, America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, and a charter member of a wonderful group of authors, author masterminds. And of course, I am your host on Real Ghost Chatter. If you'd like to know more about me or my books, visit my website at www.maryannpoll.com. You can find out more about author masterminds at www.authormasterminds.com. This episode is a mix. A haunted destination in Galveston, Texas, and although a bit late for the season, I found a few interesting hauntings that only occur during or around Christmas. So here goes. The sources for the following story can be found on ghostcitytours.com or on onlyinyourstate.com. This story following is, as I said, in Galveston, Texas and is in the Hotel Galvez. Texas is no stranger to haunted hotels, but one just might be infested with more ghosts than all the rest. According to Business Insider, Hotel Galvez and Spa in Galveston is the most haunted hotel in the state, and between the island's tragic history and numerous reports of paranormal activity from guests, this could very well be true. Once referred to as the Playground of the Southwest, this 226-room hotel conjures images of Galveston's gilded age. When Galveston was once the Vegas of the South, frequented by Frank Sinatra, Duke Ellington, and Dean Martin. The Hotel Galvez even operated as a temporary White House for Franklin D. Roosevelt. Designed by Moron, Russell, and Crowell of St. Louis, Missouri, the Hotel Galvez applies a combination of Mission Revival and Spanish Revival styles. It's a spectacular structure that stretches 9,000 328 square feet. Oh, and here's a fun fact. Although Galvez began as a 275-room hotel, it ended up with 226. The reduction was to accommodate the inclusion of an in-room bathrooms, which had become an anticipated amenity. The Hotel Galvez derives its name from Bernardo de Galvez, a hero of the American Revolutionary War. Yet Galvez never visited the island, making his namesake an eccentric addition to this historic structure. Established at the price of $1 million, the Galvez Hotel was decidedly decadent and outstandingly opulent. Its creation was, however, slow to start. Although civic leaders decided to build the hotel as early as 1898, their progress was lackadaisical. Yet the urgency for the hotel accelerated after the hurricane of 1900. Galveston thought the hotel would galvanize the island and bolster its tourism. The hotel was constructed by June 10th of 1911. This haunted hotel wasn't always open for visitors. 
Acquired by William Lewis Moody Jr. in 1940, the United States Coast Guard commandeered the hotel during World War II. The hotel became barracks. This obstruction was temporary, of course, and Hotel Galvez resumed public patronage by the early 1950s. The Hotel Galvez reached prominence once gambling became particularly popular on the island, leading to Galveston's moniker, the Vegas of the South. Notable inhabitants of the time include American presidents such as Franklin D. Roosevelt, Dwight D. Eisenhower, and Lyndon B. Johnson, and celebrity personalities like James Stewart, Frank Sinatra, and Howard Hughes. The Hotel Galvez depreciated in the mid-1950s once gambling was outlawed. The hotel received a major renovation in 1965. Six years later, Harvey O. McCarthy and Dr. Leon Bromberg acquired it. Although it encountered a boom in business, it even became a Marriott in 1989. Luckily, the Hotel Galvez was once again purchased in 1995, though this time by George P. Mitchell, a Galveston native. Mitchell chose to restore the hotel to its 1911 appearance preserving and restoring this historic structure. The Hotel Galvez now features 226 rooms and suites and reflects Galveston's gilded age. Despite its celebrity guest list, the Hotel Galvez is better known for its less temporary tenants. Guests who checked in yet didn't ever check out. From Galveston's lovelorn lady, a bride-to-be who met her grisly end in the hotel, to the Sisters of Charity, Sister Catherine perished in the hurricane alongside 90 orphans tied by a rope at her waist. The Hotel Galvez is crawling with paranormal activity. If the deaths from the 1900 hurricane aren't enough, this hotel may stand above a mass grave. So let's talk about the lovelorn lady. Room 501 is where the most notable unexplained phenomena take place. Supposedly in the 1950s, a woman named Audra hung herself in the bathroom after receiving a letter saying her fiancé died at sea. Even more heartbreaking, the message was incorrect. He returned so they could be married, only to learn of the tragic fate that befell her. Staff members say she still inhabits the room today. They report that she causes electronic keys to malfunction and turns lights and televisions off and on. You'll know it's her if you feel a sudden, unexplained cold draft. Visitors to the Hotel Galvez claim that Audra frequents the fifth floor, though her most famous residence remains her matrimonial room. Some claim to feel the sudden chill of her specter, while others hear the inexplicable slamming of doors. Televisions turn off and on without explanation. Lights, too, flicker and back and forth. A housekeeper once reported a strange light emitted from the vacant room. Attendants at the front desk have a challenging time making electronic keys for the room. They claim that an unseen force interferes with the equipment, making the cards unreliable or unreadable. When Audra does venture out of room 501, she roams the west turret. Visitors occasionally witness light there, though neither candles nor flashlights are the explanation. These reports frequently occur while renovations are underway, though the turrets remain unlit. Although the hotel staff once investigated the claims, no electrical sources were discovered. And then there's the nun, Sister Catherine. Sister Catherine belonged to the Sisters of Charity, which, at the time, oversaw the St. Mary's Orphan's Asylum. The hurricane of 1900 ravaged the island of Galveston and the St. Mary's Orphan's Asylum. 
To save as many as possible, the sisters cut cloth into rope, which they then tied to the children. These ropes were then attached to the waists of the sisters, who hoped to withstand the storm's belligerent winds. Some suspect that the ropes were counterproductive, actually leading, or at least contributing to, the deaths of the orphans. Ninety children and ten sisters perished in the hurricane. Still attached, their remains were found along the beach of the Hotel Galvez. Their bodies were buried where they were discovered, leading some to suspect that the Hotel Galvez stands above the mess grave. It's no surprise that visitors claim to watch their apparitions. Then we talk about the phantom children. The Hotel Galvez also safeguards a small, ghostly girl. Visitors witness this unexplained apparition near the hotel lobby, gift shop, and staircase. Often seen bouncing her ball, guests report that she wears 19th century clothing. Even construction workers have claimed to see this ghoulish girl. They didn't know that she was a ghost at the time, of course, and notified the front desk that a child was playing near the construction area. Guests hear other phantom children running and laughing throughout the hotel, playing the piano in the lobby or running amok through the halls. You can listen to the sound of their laughter if you look closely enough, though the children themselves remain unseen. Some suspect that these are the orphans killed during the hurricane of 1900. If so, perhaps Sister Catherine accompanies them. The Hotel Galvez today is a now a constituent of Wyndham Hotels, and the Hotel Galvez offers short-term lodgings and spa. It's the only historic hotel on the beachfront, making it a popular tourist destination in Galveston. Whether you're investigating the once bride-to-be or Galveston's ghastly girls, the Hotel Galvez is a must-see. Plus, it was added to the Historic Hotels of America in 1994, so it's a fascinating stopover for the skeptics and superstitious alike. You can find the Hotel Galvez at 2024 Seawall Boulevard. Whether you're strolling through the Strand or alongside the Seawall stop by the Hotel Galvez, do let me know if you encounter any paranormal activity. I would love to hear it. The next stories are from England. And you can find these, the source of these stories and others on mysteriousuniverse.org. These are about Christmas hauntings in England. So when I hear the words ghost and Christmas, I automatically think about my favorite Christmas story, A Christmas Carol, and Scrooge's nightmare evening of being visited by the ghosts of Christmas, past, present, and future. But did you know other Christmas ghost stories aren't full of the spirit of the season? You may not since hauntings are far from most people's minds during the Christmas season. Yet, I found some supernatural stories that only occur during this time of year. Some creepy paranormal occurrences tied to Christmas revolve around certain places that, for one reason or another, become haunted at Christmas time and have so for a very long time. One of these Christmas hauntings locations is Hawkehurst Road in Marden, Kent. It is an ordinary road like any other in the area with one exception. On one dark Christmas Eve in the 18th century, a notorious highwayman named Gilbert stopped a horse-drawn carriage carrying a man and his daughter. According to the tale, the bandit had the daughter step out of the carriage. Before he could get to the father, the horses spooked and galloped away, leaving the daughter alone with this murderous thief. To make matters worse, the girl realized that this was the same highwayman who murdered her brother on the same road just a year before. This young woman was luckily no victim. She pulled a knife from her bag and lashed out, plunging the implement deep into Gilbert's side. 
As the highwayman clutched his bleeding wound, the daughter ran into the surrounding wilderness without looking back. Sometime later, the coach returned to find the highwayman sprawled out along the side of the road in blood-saturated mud, having succumbed to his wounds. The father and others returned and unceremoniously buried him on the same spot in a shallow, unmarked grave. Supposedly, they also found the daughter cowering among the moon-touched trees and stark raving insane. Locals say the tall, shadowy form of the highwayman Gilbert stalked the road to this day, terrifying motorists. Every Christmas Eve, that fateful night plays out again and again, as if on an eternal loop, perhaps imbued into the very location itself and only visible on this one night. In Suffolk, England is the stately Roos Hall. Built in the 16th century, some say it has an, an indefinable, eerie ambience. A gnarled old oak tree, once used as gallows, stands in front. Perhaps the tree contributes to the many ghost stories originating from Roos Hall. Reportedly, this hall is one of the most haunted places in England. Some of these entities include the apparition of a little girl who creepily appears in one of the upstairs windows and a phantom hound that prowls the grounds. There is supposedly a footprint from the devil himself imprinted into one of the building's cupboards. One of the most exciting and frightening is a haunting that occurs only at Christmas. Legend is that every Christmas Eve, the intimidating presence of a ghostly phantom coach pulled by four snorting jet black horses will manifest out of thin air in the night and speed down the road and up the driveway of the estate. A male phantom is missing his head in the driver's seat. The supernatural movie plays the following Christmas Eve again. The coach never makes a sound and it vanishes just before reaching the hall proper. The identity of this headless coach driver and why he should appear only on Christmas Eve upon a carriage pulled by demonic black horses is a mystery. Still, it has become a famous piece of paranormal legend in the area. The historic Hever Castle, located in the rolling, idyllic countryside of Hever, Kent, has its own Christmas haunting. Hever Castle was built around 1270 as a walled-in country house surrounded by a moat. Between 1462 to 1539, it was the residence of the rich and powerful Boleyn family, who later became known as the Boleyn family. The original owner, Henry Boleyn's son Thomas, changed his name to Thomas Boleyn. He married Elizabeth Howard, the daughter of the Duke of Norfolk. The two had a daughter named Anne Boleyn, who would create a major scandal at the time and who lies at the root of the castle's paranormal shadowing. Anne's sister Mary infamously began to have an affair with King Henry VIII, married to Catherine of Aragon. By all accounts, the king was unhappy with his marriage to Catherine, so he began an affair with Mary. Boring of Mary, the king chose to pursue Anne. Anne spurred his advances and told the king he must divorce Catherine and marry her. The king, allegedly obsessed with Anne, wrote her dozens of love letters. He continued to profess his undying love for Anne. The king continued to work on divorce from Catherine. While waiting for the divorce, King Henry made Anne the Anne Marchioness of Pembroke and gave her money, royal lodgings, and much else. Anne eventually gave in to his advances. She became pregnant with King Henry's child, and they secretly married in 1533. She became queen. The two had their child, Elizabeth, and continued to defy all those who wanted to see them separated and who called her coronation an abomination. Unfortunately for Anne, King Henry VIII 
was soon chasing skirts again, and a bridesmaid at their wedding named Jay Seymour, for one. To make matters worse, numerous rumors surfaced that Anne was sleeping around with everything that moved, and the king began to believe it. King Henry had Anne arrested, charged with treasonous adultery, and beheaded in 1536 at the Tower of London. Hever Castle had many different owners, including the famous American millionaire William Waldorf Astor in 1903, before finally becoming the Broadland Properties Limited. They have put it on public display. Through it all, one resident has remained the same through the centuries, and that is Anne Boleyn herself. According to the book Haunted Castles of Britain and Ireland by Richard Jones, and for many reasons not entirely clear, Anne's spectral form appears every Christmas Eve upon the bridge on the property that spans the River Eden. The apparition slowly floats toward the castle, perhaps trying to come home from some other place, but fades, then vanishes before reaching the castle doors. The manifestation repeats yearly. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to share it with others you think would also be interested. If you'd like to know more about me, go to maryannpoll.com and or authormasterminds.com forward slash M-A-R-Y dash A-N-N dash P-O-L-L. Until next time, may the wind always be at your back, the sun on your face, and the good Lord walk beside you.